0: Everybody ready for the word today? I know it's gotten a little late here, but you know, if you all stopped getting saved, we could get out of here. But no, that was it was sarcasm. Come back to me. All right, so. People giving their life to Jesus, getting baptized. Hallelujah. Making the pastor smile. So we're in a series called Stirred Up. Read the scripture with me, Hebrews 10:24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Now, when we say that, I taught you, I taught about that last Sunday, but we need to stir some things up. Now, there's a lot of things that are stirred up, but we need to stir up love and good works among the body. Amen. We need to stir that up, and that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to continue to stir this up. Uh, we can't just sit around satisfied. God wants to stir up the body, so I want you to get ready for that. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? I want to read a big... You know, everybody at Freedom Fellowship is reading a chapter uh, a week now because you come to church and you read it with me. Uh, So uh, this is a Davidic psalm. uh, And often psalms that you read that are of David specifically connect with a particular moment. So this psalm connects... With a moment in Scripture where David had been at his lowest low, he had lost everyone, he had lost his family, he had lost everyone, and then the Lord restored it to him. Amen. Praise Jesus! And this is this is a powerful little Psalm. I mean, it gets a little crazy, but uh, this is his worship. So I want you not just to read it. You're allowed to pause while we're reading and go, Praise God! Okay, can you do that? Hallelujah! Anybody still say hallelujah? So Here we go. Psalm chapter 18, verse 1. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Read it out loud. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from my enemies. We're not even done yet. Verse 5. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried out to my God for help. From His temple, He heard my voice. My cry came before Him into His ears. Okay, now watch what happens. Verse 7. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because He was angry. Smoke rose from His nostrils. Consuming fire came from His mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens, came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering. His canopy around him. The dark rain, clouds of the sky. At of the brightness of his excuse me, as of the brightness of his presence, clouds advance with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemies, great bolts of lightning and routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils." He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but my Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Father, we love your word. We love to spend time in your presence and to worship you. We join with the truth of this word and we see it practically in our own lives. And we ask as we pursue your word, come Holy Spirit. Teach us what you want to know. Anoint this speaker, Father. Anoint this vessel. Anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm impressed with this church. I'm impressed with the strength of it. I'm impressed with the ministry. I'm impressed with the Zoom. I, I want you to know that it is true that in these months, there's been a part of me that has been just trying to hold things together. This is the first time that I spent a significant amount of time doing church with nobody in the room. Now, I've had church with nobody in the room, but it was not on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? What I'm telling you is that there are times when you go through things, and I'm no different than you, when it seems like I can just hold things together a little while longer. And it's still difficult. I mean, it's still a struggle. I have to go and sit in my office. I have to sit with other leaders in the church and and just look and on a board just write down, what are we going to do next? What would be the best way? And pray and seek the Lord with the idea of trying to hold it together. But can I say this to you? Trying to hold it together isn't good enough for me. No. It's not. Come on. Just trying to hold it together. Right now, what are you doing? I'm just trying to hold it together. Okay, I hear that. But I need to get beyond just trying to hold it together. In difficult times, you have to be careful that the body of Christ specifically doesn't fall short that we don't just end up shrinking back at times like this. Well, we can't do that. and We can't do the other. We'll just do what we can and just kind of do our best. And, and, and sometimes, have you ever just wanted to shrink back? I, I, I have before. I, I just want to shrink back. And, you know, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. Listen, we can't expect to be victorious by fighting on our heels all the time. Is, does that statement make sense to anybody? Does it make sense? Have you ever, anybody been in a fight before? So you can't, if you've ever been in a real struggle, I um, talked about Mandy earlier together, you can't just lean back on the ropes and just lay there. Sooner or later, you gotta step forward. You know what I'm saying? You've got to put some moves, you've got to put some action into it. How many times have I watched a football game and the announcer would say, well, you know, that offense has got the defense on its heels, meaning that the offense pretty much can do what it wants, any move that they make. And I, listen, I'm not offended at you, but I've been offended by the devil. Anybody with me? I've been offended with what he's tried to do and the way he's tried to stop God's people And I am not going to put up with it by just leaning back and letting him take the next shot, living in constant defeat, living in constant sorrow. I am not coming against you. I'm not saying that because you have sorrow. I'm not saying that because you have grief just to, that it goes away. I know that it takes time. I know that it, it takes effort to get through our pain, but it takes effort to get through our pain. I mean, you got to find somebody to pray with. You need to find some believers. You need to counsel. Get a counselor. Get, don't just sit there looking at your last penny. Call somebody. Say, God, help me. get through this moment church has got to get off of its heels I think one of the things that you have to be cautious don't misquote what has been said in our world Don't misquote it because you've heard terms like quarantine or or you've heard uh, certain ideas about, you know, being socially distant. And, you know, if you got anybody get a brand new mask today, socially distant, spiritually close. I mean, even though we say socially distant, that doesn't mean that we disconnect from one another. It doesn't mean that we start doing absolutely nothing every, so, every day. God wants to do a new thing even in difficult times. Amen. I point this scripture out in Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist is in prison. He is wrapping up his ministry. He was the forerunner of Christ. He was prophesied to be the forerunner of Christ with the spirit and power of Elijah. Jesus said, no one born among women was greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had preached and and it was that opening, that that door that was opening up. But he preached. He said, there is one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And when Jesus showed up after he came uh, about, after, when he began his ministry and he showed up and he went down, John the Baptist looked at Jesus and he looked at everybody else and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It wasn't much longer after that that John the Baptist will find himself in prison. Herod has imprisoned him and eventually Herod will murder him. He will chop off John the Baptist's head. You might say, that's terrible. Well, it is. We, do, we hate that that happened, but at the same time, John the Baptist's ministry was over. John said this, I must decrease because he has to increase. So John decreased, but in that, as he's waiting for that execution, he sends word by his disciples to Jesus in Matthew 11, and it reads this way. Two of his disciples went to Jesus and said, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Anybody been through something and may just say, now, Jesus, where are you? Are you the Messiah? You still able? And then Jesus told those disciples, he said, I want you to go tell John the things which you hear and see. I want you to tell him that the blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, get this what was what he's saying is just go tell them what you see tell them because if John John knew what the evidence that Jesus is the Messiah he knew what the evidence was now after Jesus had that conversation with them go down to verse number 12 Jesus continues to teach and he says from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force now i want you to embrace that moment because Uh, what he's saying is some of you think that just because you're saved that you don't have to do anything anymore you know I got you know how many how many again who's been baptized I'm, I'm not talking about just today who's been baptized who has confessed Jesus okay welcome to the army of the Lord welcome 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 to victorious battle after victorious battle So we are in a violent setting. There is spiritual warfare that's going on. I was reading this, and this is what has come to me over the last few weeks. Because God has done a lot of things in our past. But here's my question to you. Right now, what are you going to do? Starting right now, what are you going to do? I'm not saying, what have you done? I'm saying today. We're in the middle of an unprecedented time in the world. And God has not said, sit down, shut up, be quiet, do nothing. No, he's saying, starting right now, from this day Forward, What are you going to do to advance the kingdom? And you might say, well, you know, this is a difficult time, Jesus. Maybe you don't understand what's going on, but we've got a pandemic, and we're all wearing masks and stuff. And like you're going to shake up Jesus. Oh, Jesus scratching his head. I didn't see that. No, what the Lord is saying, in the mess that you feel like you are in right now, starting right now, starting today, what is God speaking to you? you what could you do that you have not done before i i know some of you facebook warriors i say why don't you become a facebook warrior for jesus why don't you try to draw people into the kingdom of god i mean everybody's got their social media the insta stories and instagrams and twitter and tiktok come on somebody out there needs jesus and more people are watching than ever before Last two Sundays, I focused on the return of the Lord last week. Wow! How many believe Jesus is coming back? Anybody believe that? When I say that to you, I also want to give you some news in case you did not hear this. Okay? He has not come back yet. I know you just just sitting in your house waiting for the rapture. Jesus, when will you make things better? So you need to understand that he has not returned Yet, now his call to the church is this, busy. Get busy. Somebody shout it, get busy. Get busy. I want you to look at a scripture in Acts chapter 1. This is a very appropriate scripture. It is uh, the commission of Christ, the Mount of Olives before he ascends. I want you to see this setting because before Jesus ascended, this similar setting that we find ourselves in. We got 11 quarantined disciples who gathered in a park called the Park of Olives? You like going to the parks, right? I mean, everybody's going to the park. Can't already find a fishing pole at Walmart right now. Everybody's wanting to go do stuff. Bicycles are on back order. All right, glad I bought mine last year. But anyway, uh, here, 40 days after the resurrection, on the Mount of Olives, outside of Jerusalem, Jesus has them meet with him. When they'd come together, they asked Jesus, "This Lord." Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So here's, what are they asking? Lord, hey, Lord, uh, we've been quarantined for a while because you got crucified. And now we're afraid they're going to take us out. And so we've been hanging out in Jerusalem. You told us, you know, we've been hanging out, waiting. Don't know what we're waiting for, but here's our question. Would you, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said this. It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Not then he goes on, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the end of the earth. So you might say, "I don't, I don't see this." Okay, okay. Here's here. This is a, let's 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 put that in our context. So, Lord, is this the time you will end the pandemic? Uh, will they get a, Will they get a vaccine next month, or maybe in two months? Lord, just tell us when the pandemic will be over. Tell us that, Lord, is this the time that everybody can come to church and we can actually sit on every row rather than every other row? Lord, is this the time we'll finally be able to hug each other without worry? Will we finally be able to throw all of our masks away? I mean, is this the time? Lord, is this the time you will restore the kingdom of Israel, We've, uh, the kingdom of Israel? Now that we're standing up here looking over Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives, on this high mount, as is this the time? Is that what we're here for, Lord? We're so excited about standing on the Mount of Olives with you right now because we're going to work with you. We're going to be the Guys and Jesus look and says, "No, it's not for you to know when the pandemic will be over. It's not for you to know when there might be a vaccine. It's not for you to know when all of the business will start. It's not for you to know when iHOP will be open." But this is what you need to know. It's not for you to know, because God knows, and that's got to be good enough for you. Somebody shout, God already knows. And he says, okay, but this is what you do get. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the evidence of that power is that you, starting right now, are going to do something. Starting right now, you are going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. In other words, starting right now, I want you to get your eyes off of just Jerusalem. You're going to be my witnesses here starting right now. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you are going to be my witnesses all over Israel. But you're also going to go to the ends of the earth. People are going to come into the kingdom right now. You're worried about the pandemic. And I'm saying you ought to be more concerned about whether or not Holy Spirit is moving in your life And you have become witnesses From this moment from this moment Christianity became the greatest religion on the face of the earth from this moment Rome eventually will bow down to Christianity The very ones that crucified him, the empires of the world, every one of them, every nation has heard the. Of Jesus Christ Out of this moment You could not murder Christians Fast enough They just kept multiplying And every time they would burn them Or murder them Or persecute them They would just spread into Talk about a pandemic It was a gospel-demic We came all over the world Nothing has hit this world Like the gospel of Jesus Christ jesus however with all of that being said the world has not fully repented the world has not come to jesus that means we are not finished yet say it i'm not finished yet i'm not finished he's not finished with me yet so 2020 has been a strange season for everyone I mean, we're talking about, well, you know, when 2020 is over and we look back and we go, oh, what an amazing year. You know, I would like to hope that the end of 2020, the church will have done more than it's ever done before. And Amen. since 2000, anybody with me on this? However, I think. We're finding ourselves asking questions such as, how long will this happen? How last? How severe? How will we live? What about school? What about the children? These are all reasonable questions. How will we find peace? How will we work? Will we be able to travel? Now, when I look at all those questions, I can almost see the dark clouds of confusion resting over everybody. It's like I sparked something inside of you. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Satan is the author of confusion, and it seems like there is more division and confusion in our nation than ever before. It's getting crazy. And sometimes you feel so isolated, and uh, anybody seen, it was a History Channel TV show called Alone. Anybody seen that before besides me? Okay, lift your hand if you've seen, see, like three of us, all right? Four of us, okay. Anybody ever seen a TV show called Survivor? Okay. Okay. Okay, Survivor is produced. That means what you see, even though it's fun, it's still produced. So it looks a certain way. You don't see a lot of stuff. Okay, with Alone, what they do is they take 10 people and they go to one of the most remote places. And they drop them miles from each other with a few cameras like GoPros, you know, that they can use. That they have to set up and they use those cameras they, they put them in places like the Arctic where it's going to be sub-zero weather, where everything is going to freeze. They put them in places such as Vancouver where there are wolves and there are bears and there are cougars. And they give them nothing except for ten items that they can bring like a knife or a bow and arrow. They can't bring a gun. They can't bring food. They have to fend for themselves and live utterly alone. And and the only thing that they can do is if it gets too dangerous, they can tap out. And the individual that stays, that survives, gets $500,000. And, I mean, there's some of these guys, it's like, first day, I'm going home. Ain't no amount of money worth this. And then some people learn that they can't fish. I mean, one guy actually had to fight a wolverine. I love that stuff. Uh, Just me and Tim got an amen, okay? (laughs) Have you ever felt alone and tired and falling apart like you could do nothing about it? I mean, you did not have to go to the Arctic to feel like you couldn't fend for yourself. You didn't have to go there because you were out of cash, you were out of friends, you were out of faith. Anybody understand this? And what you really wanted to do is say, Lord, is there a number? I mean, does God God have a 911 so that he could send somebody to pick me up and get me out of here? And, And the reality is sometimes you have to go through that. What do you do when you get to that I'm all out of strength moment in your life? When your get up and go is got up and went and in practical areas, relational areas and financial areas and emotional areas in spiritual areas. Wow. And I want to talk to all of you. I want to talk to everybody. I know that I have non-believers that watch. I love you. Thank you. I don't care what your situation is, what kind of brokenness is going on in your life. You may not even know what the Bible is. We love you, and we're so glad that you're a part of freedom today. Amen? Welcome all the unbelievers. The people who haven't given their lives over to Jesus, but then there are individuals just starting out in the relationship, and then there's some old guys who've been serving God for a long time, been there, been done. What else are you going to try to do, Satan? I'm still going to serve Jesus. you know, you got all of i i want i want to talk to everybody if i got anybody in the house that's believers do i have people that are believers in the lord jesus i want to be careful when i say what i'm about to say to you i don't want you to take it wrong okay all right sometimes you just got to strengthen yourself strengthen yourself say it strengthen yourself you got to strengthen yourself. I didn't say stand up, throw your shoulders back. No. Some people pretend to be strong. And just because you got a tough face does not mean you're tough. Just because you can cuss everybody else out in the room does not mean that you're tough. Just because you slap somebody doesn't mean you're strong. What I'm talking about is strengthening yourself. Specifically in 1 Samuel 30. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now if you know me you know that I have some favorite preaching moments. I love preaching about the woman at the well. I certainly love preaching about that woman. Last Wednesday, I preached about the adulterous woman. Wow, what a night we had as we talked about that today. So one of my other, other very favorite stories. I probably talked about this probably more than David and Goliath over the years. This is David at Ziklag. David is in Ziklag. David, if you know the backstory of David, young David... Uh, was a a shepherd boy. A man by the name of Samuel, a prophet, was told by God because Saul had just betrayed God, the king, Saul, and God said, I'm going to find somebody after my own heart, and he went and anointed David, who was a young shepherd boy. Uh, You know, perhaps, the story that David eventually kills Goliath. Anybody remember that story? And after that, Saul raises him up as his armor bearer. There was an evil spirit that was on Saul, and Saul would sometimes get so angry one particular time. David is over in one side of the room, and Saul picked up his javelin, and he threw it at David. And you know what David did? He ducked. That's right. He ducked. He ducked. Sometimes you got to duck. Okay? Can I just tell you, when people throw javelins at you, some guys say, I ain't going to put up anybody throwing it. No. If you will put up with the javelin, you might get raised up to be the king. So David ducked. Great book I read years ago, Tale of Three Kings. If you haven't ever read that, Gene Edwards. i just throw that out. Uh, Anyway, back to this. I just thought that. Anyway, backstory: uh, Saul tried to murder him. David will spend seven years in the wilderness hiding from Saul. But as he's spending those seven years, people will come to him and gather to him. A mighty army surrounds him, four, uh, an army of 400 An army that not only do they come to him, but their families come. Even a priest, Abiathar, comes and is with David. Eventually, he finds himself, however, even though he is surrounded, he cannot go home. Where can he go? He is already known as an individual who is a mighty warrior. He ends up making his life with the Philistines. He ends up living in a town named Ziklag, Ziklag with philistines and actually doing warfare on behalf of the king of the philistines now he is cautious about it because there are times when it would seem like david is doing warfare against uh for the philistines when really what he's doing is doing warfare to support and protect his nation israel but while he's doing this warfare listen you got to be careful what you're doing sometimes because while you're out thinking you're doing important stuff, you'll come home and your family will be gone. Yeah. Amen. So that's what happened with David. And we see in uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30 and verse 1, it happened when David and his men came home to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag burned it with fire had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great all the army was gone they didn't leave anybody to defend their house they did not kill anyone but they carried them away and went their way so david and his men came to ziklag they came to the city and there it was burned with fire their wives their sons and their daughters had been taken captive Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now, can I pause for a moment? We have to be careful while we're doing those things that we think are important that we don't lose. We don't come home and we can't find our families. We can't find our children. Do you hear what I'm saying? We got to make sure that our homes are secure. How many have ever heard me tell you that you need the Spirit of God in your house? Have you ever heard me tell you that? How about one time? How about five times? Maybe 20 times? Maybe 50 times? Maybe a 100 times? I've told you that men and women, if you're home, you need to be praying together. How often? All the time. Every day you've got to pray. You you can't send your children to church. You've got to take your children to the house. And your house has to be filled with prayer. It has to be filled with the gospel. And you might say, well, we don't have time for that. Then you don't have time for anything else. So that's a good metaphor here. But I want you to look deeper with me at this. Because this physically happened. David's family is gone. His family, his children, his future is gone. And they wept until they did not have the strength to weep anymore. That's how great the grief has been. Sometimes we lose our minds. In this text, we see the story of Ziklag and David at his lowest moment. He's going to give up. What now? If anything else could go wrong, I don't know what it would be. So I'm also speaking the same question, this David question to you. What are you going to do now? We say it hasn't got that bad yet. What are you going to, circle the word, do now? What are you going to do? Stuck at home, feeling vulnerable, you've lost a loved one. Let's start with this. Just start with this. Remember who you are. Come on, say it. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. I know you've been living among the Philistines for a while, and you've been living as if you were born to the enemy that you defeated when you were a young shepherd boy. But wait, what has happened? Have you forgot? something that happened years ago. Have you ever heard me tell a story about my life about when I was five years old and I was sitting on a church pew next to my mama and I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and I started weeping for a reason that I did not know why something had gotten a hold of my spirit. My mama. anybody heard me tell this story before? My mom says, Ricky, something wrong. Somebody hurt you. And she discerned I wanted to give my life to Jesus. And she led me up to an altar and I gave my life to Jesus. She said, why do you keep telling that story? pastor rick because sometimes that's all i have to hold on to sometimes i have to reach back and remember that god saved me set me free and by his spirit came into my life I have to remember when my daddy took me down to the Little Miami River in Orgonia, Ohio, and I stepped into the swimming hole out into the river, felt the fish around my legs, and dad took me and baptized me in water. I have to remember when I first experienced the Spirit of God on my life, and as a pastor, I have to go back to a moment when I knelt in this altar, and God said, I don't want you for your gifts, son. I want your hearts. There are days when I have to remember who I am. Got to stop playing this. Well, look what's going on. I know, look what's going on, but look what's already happened. Jesus. You remember those times when you were anointed, when you felt that God had a purpose. You remember those times when you realized you were not an accident. Anybody received Jesus? You remember that time? Go ahead in your mind, go back to that moment when you received the Holy Spirit. And anybody remember a calling, a purpose that has risen inside of you? I'm not talking about just your vocation. Yes, God wants you vocationally to be busy, but we don't preach constantly about Jesus being a carpenter. Yes, he was a carpenter. Jesus was a great carpenter. He built patios, he built decks, he built kitchens. Jesus, we don't do that. He was the son of God who went to the cross and took away our sins. Yes, make tense, but realize God has a higher calling for you than just your vocational purpose. Your purpose, your anointing will cause you to rise out of those moments when you can weep no more. Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, 12. I love the way Paul says this. Now, this Paul is writing this. He is writing this from prison. He is writing him from the prison that he will be taken from and martyred. (laughs) What? I know what we'd be writing. Help! Which is okay. But he says this, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I'm sitting in this prison cell pressing on. I'm writing letters to the churches. What would we do without some of the apostolic letters that were written out of the midst of persecution and trial and death? Here I am getting ready to die. I thought I'd write some letters to the churches hearing from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you got to be in jail to hear from Jesus. I've been quarantined. Good time to hear from Jesus. I can't find anything good to watch on TV. Maybe you should get in the presence of the Lord for a while. Man, why can't we write letters like Paul wrote? Guess you need to hear from heaven. Help me, Jesus. Not that I've already attained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold. I love this. That I may lay hold Of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Jesus grabbed hold of me because he had a purpose for me. He didn't just grab hold of me so he could hold me. And I love being held by Jesus. We want to be held by Jesus. That's great. It's a beautiful principle. But I need more than to be held. He grabbed hold of me because he wants to position me for his purpose and for his calling. He says, brethren, I do not count myself to also have apprehended. I haven't got this all done. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. What? He says, I'm forgetting all those things. I've done a lot of good things. i preached the gospel. I mean, all kinds of churches that have been built. But I can't just live my life thinking about what I have already done. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the mark For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The mark. The tattoo. I got a tattoo. I'm not talking about your tattoo. I'm talking about his understanding of the mark. In other words, the mark is that he's talking about. And really the word tattoo kind of comes from that. That the Lord marked me for something. He marked me for a purpose. And when I look in the mirror, I just don't say... "Well." My hair looked kind of thin but it's pretty and I like this outfit no when I look myself in the mirror I realize who I am in Jesus Christ that he has a purpose somebody shout purpose shout it purpose shout purpose if we would work as hard with our families on spiritual purpose come on help me and he said he said for this he said I he said He said, the prize, I press towards, say press, I press, I press. You understand that's leaning forward in a race. I press forward so that I can cross the finish line ahead so that I can win. And he said this, if you go back in verse 11, he explains it further. I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in every and in in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need I can do all things through him who strengthens me. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David knew he was appointed. He knew he had a purpose. He strengthened himself in the Lord. I gotta strengthen myself. What are your marks? What has God already done in your life? Who are you in Jesus? I don't know. Then find out. Seek his face. Oh, I wrapped this message up. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He took practical action. Here's how he did it. To inquire of the Lord. I don't know. So God says, I want, to, I want you to take practical, practical action to inquire of the Lord. In verse number 6 of 1 Samuel 30. David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because, don't, don't you know it? Everybody loves leadership until the rock star... Flying in your direction. Amen. You know? Why is this happening? Him. So they start. They're, they're planning to stone David. That'll get you praying. The soul of all the people was grieved. And David understood he wasn't offended. He just knew they were grievous. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, how did that happen? Let's go to the next verse. Because strength requires change. Strength requires change. Now, in our culture, change is doing whatever makes you feel good about yourself. Okay? Now, that, it's fine. Take a walk. But I'm talking about something deeper. If you don't get changed spiritually, your flesh will continually rebel against you. And as soon as you have decided that whatever my flesh wants to do, that's what I'll do, Satan's gotten you right where he wants you. And you will constantly be flip-flopping and doing this and that and the other. And you will find a community of people that says, you just do you. You just love yourself. You just follow your heart. And you will find yourself living a life of destruction. Amen. Can I get an amen from anybody? Anybody could say yes? yes. So David, David strengthens himself in the Lord. Now let's see the change. Abiathar brought the ephod, the ephod to David. The ephod. Anybody got one of those? An ephod? Okay, probably not. Because this was, it was the, the robe of someone that was getting ready to go into the presence of the Lord to worship. Yeah. All right? I'm going to put on my worship garment. So David inquired of the Lord saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So the garments are the garments of worship. Before David was a warrior, he was a worshiper. Before David did things... For God, on the level that we read in Scripture, before that, he was a worshiper. Don't get this backwards. Worship is the posture of those who are in the Lord. You say, I'm in the Lord, are you a worshiper? Well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, it's like, not like I pray and stuff. I just know I'm in the Lord. Stop playing with yourself. Stop, stop doing that, thinking, oh, I'm just, that's who I am. No, wake up and realize that who you really are is who you are in. So be in the Lord. David's strength was in the Lord. I love Psalms. Anybody love the book of Psalms? Anybody ever read? Sit down one day, one afternoon this week, open up Psalm 1 and read all 150 of them. Okay, all of them. You can do it in one sitting. It's not a problem. I've done it. Anybody else done it? Just go to Psalms and start reading them. You'll read some of the the fine print where it says where they were written or who wrote them. Of the 150, 73 of them are attributed to King David because David, from his childhood, Good was a worshiper. Nothing ministers to my heart more, I don't think, than grabbing the book of Psalms, especially when I'm going through something difficult. And Psalm 16, that's the one we read at the opening. It's such a good example. David wrote this out of this moment, where he says in verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Did you get what I just said? We used to sing it like a tree that's planted by the water I shall not I'm not gonna stop being a child of God because the enemy has attacked me I'm not gonna stop being a warrior I'm not gonna stop being a man who knows how to come into the presence of God I'm not done being what God has called me to be What the devil wants you to have is a godless mindset. He wants you to see the giants and the mountains and the problems and the lions and the tigers and the bears. Oh my, oh my but he doesn't want you to see God. That's why you put away a hymn book. That's why you put away the worship. That's why all you can listen to is other blends of music. For me, I've got to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Every day, I need to get up and put on my armor. I need to hear his voice. See, David, David saw something else when he worshiped. See, the enemy doesn't want you to see God. Anybody remember when David fought Goliath and all the trained soldiers of Israel were quaking in their sandals because they saw Goliath? They literally were shaking and no one, including Saul, was willing to go out and face him and Goliath was taunting them down. He's standing there on the valley floor and David showed up, a young boy with a slingshot and he's going to attack a giant. He's like, I got a slingshot. I'm going to beat him. The, the the smallest among them, God looks at his heart. David walks out, Goliath starts taunting everybody. And David says something like this, you come to me with the sword and the spear, but I come to you in the name of the living God. Come on, David saw God in everything. David saw God in the battle. The presence of the Lord was his testimony. And as he put on the garment of praise, he was reminded of his testimony. The same giant killing spirit came upon him and the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm not finished with somebody praise god i'm not finished with you yet don't let the environment don't let the fear don't let the grief control you you were anointed for a time just like this it's in a time like this that you discover who you are you discover your purpose in the lord sometimes i feel overcome and it's specifically with how needy the world is and how disconnected the church is from those needs can I tell you this? I'm tired of this season. I am tired of this season of doing just enough. I'm tired of it. But I'm not willing to hide in Ziklag. Just thinking about what could have been. I want. Here's some things that are in my heart. I, I told you this earlier. What are you going to do starting right now? Somebody shout, starting right now. Come on, somebody shout, starting right now. What are you going to do starting right now? I'm challenging you. Starting right now. And it may be different for different people. Some of you have been like me. I'm at this point in my life. I've been serving God all my life. And at this point in my pastoral ministry, and I'm I'm thinking, new five-year plan to just break the back of the enemy and win my city for the Lord Jesus I listen we feed some people every week but I'm ready to feed thousands I, I want to reach more than I've ever reached before I'm ready to see you also fulfill your purpose so I am committing myself to seeing every individual in freedom fellowship every one of you discover your specific purpose in the kingdom of God I want to disciple all of you if I have to do it by myself. I want all of you to know who you are and what God has called you to be and I want to let you loose all over the Philistines. I'm ready to reach the hurting. I'm ready to reach the lost. I'm, but I don't want you to just to be reached. I don't want you to just get through your brokenness. I want you to rise above your brokenness. And I want you to get your sword and your shield and your, and your helmet. And I want your feet shod with a preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. I, I want you to be girded with truth. I, I long for that. I can taste it in my mouth. When I came here, I knew I was anointed, but I'm not finished, and we're not finished. And when I think of your ministry, when I think of what God could do if God's people would get on their garment of praise and get into his presence, I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to reach. I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to disciple. I'm ready to press toward the mark because when I'm finished, I don't want God to say, well, you did a pretty good couple of things. I want him to say, well done, good faithful. I want to see the mark when I cross the finish line. What are you going to do starting right now? What are you going to do starting right now? Will you pray with me? Will you, will you stand and pray with me? Will you come on? Somebody say, I'll pray. Don't let that be a cutesy little thing. I'm going to pray. Will you seek God? Here, I challenge you to take an old school piece of paper and a pencil into your prayer room. Challenge you. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have to because I got notes. But when you open up your phone, you just go straight to Facebook. And you're so mad by the time that's over, you can't do nothing. Or you just go straight to the news feed. And everybody's dying Tomorrow. All of you, dying tomorrow. I just read it on the news feed. I'm not just kidding you. Some people people got real serious when I said that. We're dying tomorrow. What I'm telling you is when you get into his presence, listen to him. Say, well, what will he sound like? What will he sound like? Elijah was at his I'm done moment. He had slain the prophets of Baal. He had seen God move with power. And he got one threatening text from Jezebel May God deal with me even more severely than those prophets of Baal if I don't see you dead before this day's over. And Elijah went, Ah! Started running. Really? Don't let the spirit of Jezebel control your life. Don't do that. But then he went into a cave and he began to seek the Lord. And God showed him a thunder. He showed him an earthquake. He showed him a great wind. He showed him all kinds of natural disasters. And every time he saw a natural disaster, the Bible says, but God was not in that. But... There's a pandemic going on. So look at it. okay? You're not going to find God by seeking the pandemic. But there's, there's racial crisis all in our nation. And we've talked about that. Somebody praise God. Freedom is a multi-ethnic community. We, we know about love and unity here, freedom. color of your skin. What? We love people here. Somebody thank God at Freedom. i pray, praise God for that. Listen, all of that, you don't don't realize that that the racial crisis is a sin crisis? Can I get an amen from anybody? It's a sin crisis. People loved each other the way Christ wants them to love one another. You see, we keep trying to love each other in the flesh, and it just doesn't work really well. You're, you're going to need Jesus. So trying to find that's where God is. No. And then Elijah got quiet. And I ask you, how do you hear the voice of God? And then he heard a still, small voice. Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah came out and starting at that particular moment, he ran out and find a guy, found a guy named Elisha. Put the same anointing that was on himself on somebody else. And the ministry was enlarged. And Elisha did seven times the miracles that Elijah did in his lifetime. Still small voice. Say it. Still small voice. God wants to speak to you. Take a pencil. And then get somebody to talk to about it too. This is what I hear God saying. You say, now they'll think I'm weird. You are weird people who hear the voice of God are really strange. Welcome to the club. They're also at peace and they're not defeated. Listen to the voice of God. Get your Bible out. Begin to study and answer this question. I want all of you to answer this question online. Answer this question starting right now. What are you going to do? Starting right now. You guys receive the word of God? Anybody receive the word? Let's give thanks to God for His word. Somebody bring me some communion. I somehow got up here without communion. Thanks. Oh, thank you. I got it. I got it. I got it. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Anyway, brother. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. I want you to read this. You ready? Isaiah 61. Read it out loud. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Read it. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because He has anointed me. the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So that opening up, read that first statement again. The spirit of the Lord God is upon... Stop. Read it again. The spirit of the Lord God is upon... I know that's prophetic. I know it's prophetic. The Lord Jesus, he read this standing in the temple... uh, Standing in the synagogue, he he read this and he said, this day, this is fulfilled in your eyes. But guess what he also did? He also baptized us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So read that opening line and make it perfect, make it personal. Ready? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. You need to shout that. Come on, shout it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Read the next phrase. Because the Lord has anointed me. Say it again. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me. All right. I don't know what you're going to do with this. Anybody thankful for the work of the Lord Jesus? Praise God. Take the bread. So just so you know that this is acceptable to you, I want you to receive the supper of the Lord. His body is in me. We are his body. On The night that Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and gave to them and said, take it and eat it. This is my body which is broken for you. And he gave them the cup and said, take this cup and drink it. This is my blood, the blood of the new covenant that is poured out for you. Body of Christ. Sanctified the blood of Christ. Take and receive the bread. Receive the body of our Lord. The cup. Receive the cup of the Lord. Now let's go into a spirit of praise. Everybody, a spirit of praise. Garment of praise. Garment of praise. Everybody, put your garments on. You ready? Put your garments on. The Lord, we lift you up, Jesus. Come on, everybody, lift him up. Lord, we lift you up. Lord, we lift you up. We lift you up, Lord Jesus. We lift you up. Your name, your name is higher than the heavens. Greater than the nations. Jesus everybody know what the assignment is what are you gonna do now starting right now starting right now what's that can i borrow a microphone somebody come here come here shayla stand right there i got it i'll hold the mic you just go ahead
1: i just want to thank god for the way he speaks and how he confirms so yesterday morning i was feeling down i was feeling depressed And I didn't want to get out of my bed. But instead, I got together with my husband, and I decided to pray. And as I was praying, the Lord was showing me that depression may feel real, that all these problems that are going on in life may feel real, but it's nothing but an illusion of the enemy to keep you stagnant. So when you dress yourself with the armor of the Lord, you will know who you are, and you fight, because that's what God created us to do, to fight to stand and wait on Him, because the Lord God will never leave us nor forsake us. And and even though it may feel real, it's nothing but an illusion. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, it may hurt, it may feel real, 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 but just call on God, because He will show up, and you will fight. Know the word of the Lord.
0: lord bless you the lord keep you the lord make his face shine upon you the lord be gracious to you the lord give you peace god bless you all if you need prayer just come and stand here we'll meet you up here for prayer time anybody glad you came to church today anybody glad praise god hallelujah may god bless you all you be dismissed when you choose the side door is open and the back door god bless you i love you freedom online i love you all god bless you i love you you say your name is higher